everyone and welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke where today we're celebrating all things Polish. It's a hundred years since Poland and Luxembourg formally established relations and it might surprise you to learn that Luxembourg is actually the third largest direct investor in Poland with over 24 billion euros invested in 2019 and commercial exchange exceeded 750 million euros. I'm joined by three perfectly polished and poised Polish ladies. Pia Lebitska Regulska, with a wonderfully difficult Polish name for me to start off with, Martina Adamska, and Gosia Kramer. Welcome to you all, ladies. Hello, welcome. Hello, Lisa. Now, I was taught before I started this how to say hello in Polish, but uh, I'm just too embarrassed to, to say it. So please tell our lovely listeners how do you say hello or welcome in Polish? Dzień dobry. Well, it's lovely to have you here and especially to celebrate your community here in Luxembourg, which is a very important part of our community at RTL today. So, Pia, I want to start with you, really, because just to give a little introduction to you, you arrived in Luxembourg in 2017, appointed the Polish consul to the Grand Duchy, combining this function with the deputy head of mission. You've also worked for the Polish Ministry of Foreign Affairs since 2007. And before that, you were vice consul in Lille and Brussels, as well as consul in Montreal. So a wonderfully diverse background. And now we've had you here in Luxembourg for the last four years. How has that been for you? I must say that this is an amazing experience because each of this country brought me something and was interesting to work there in some extent. was challenging as well to be here in Luxembourg as a diplomat, to work with different representatives of Luxembourgish government, non-governmental organizations, with Polish community, with Luxembourgish press. It's a pure pleasure, I must admit. So thank you for that. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful to have you here, particularly to celebrate the 100 years of the formal relations. So as a representative of the embassy, what have you been doing to honour that celebration, that centenary? First, I would maybe say a little bit about history, because exactly uh, what does it mean to have this diplomatic relation established? It means that from uh, that moment in uh, 1921, when the first ambassador came to present his credential letter to Her Royal Highness Grand Duchess Charlotte, we could officially cooperate, we could make it based on legal law, international legal law. So from that moment, we had our ambassador in Luxembourg, but at that time cooperated from Brussels. And Luxembourg could have its ambassador in Poland and operated at that time from Moscow. So uh, (laughs) actually it was quite funny because our missions physically as the embassies, as the buildings are In Luxembourg, Polish embassy is from 2006 and the embassy of Luxembourg in Warsaw is from 2007. So it's so recent, the actual physical buildings. And yes, and it's quite important because, of course, when you are a little bit further 
I mean that Brussels is not far away, but it changed a lot to be here and to have this contact on daily basis, people to people contact. It's more life. Very important. So we're quite happy that we could reach this agreement to have our embassy here and to have our Luxembourgish colleague embassy in Warsaw. Well, that's a lovely history you've just given us. But also, could you tell us in that time how the Polish community has changed, how it has developed, how it has moved? I mean, when you're talking about the last hundred years, a lot has happened in the history of Europe in the last hundred years. Exactly, indeed. So uh, the 20s of 20th century, we can observe the first wave of Poles to Luxembourg. Indeed, it was the time when we established uh, our diplomatic relations. But it was mainly people who came here to work in the mining and metallurgic industry. Luxembourg needed a workforce. We have the same story of migration at that time as Portuguese and Italian. Apparently, I heard that there were 5,000 Poles that time in Luxembourg. I mean that exactly statistics are that there are 5,000 of Poles in Luxembourg, but we think that there's many more because uh, those statistics are based on the statistics of commune that registered on papers and usually on papers of your nationality. But they are, of course, many Poles who are already Luxembourgish and they are still have a lot of contacts with Poland. And we make all together wonderful projects, but they are treated here in Luxembourg as a Luxembourgish. So they are not enter to those statistics. So it was the first wave in the 20s. The first school, Polish school, was opened in 1933. Of course, after the war came, so the situation changed a bit. After we can observe the second bigger wave of migration of Poles to Luxembourg and was mainly in the 80s when uh, some Poles had to left Poland because of political situation, because of repressions. So uh, they could find a small paradise uh, in Luxembourg here. There were also some athletes there were basket players, handball as well. handballers as well, exactly, who were invited to play in Luxembourg or to coach players. There are some medalists, they are still here with us till today. So. It's actually quite interesting if I might jump in at this stage. I have met three elder men. I met them in Poland, actually, by accident. We saw each other's car plates, you know, which were Luxembourgish, obviously. We met at the seaside in Poland. And all three of them, they were about 70 years old. They were all handball coaches, coaching the national team of Luxembourg for many years. And they told me the kind of broad handball here, which I didn't know, that now they were one of the first uh, coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Gosh, that's so it's quite a nice story, yes. How yes. lovely to meet them at the beach. And just mm. to, to move to you, Martina, a little bit of background for you. You're an executive coach amongst many other roles and you've lived in Luxembourg since 2009. Yes. And in 2016, you initiated a charity project, Power Breakfast, a series of 10 mm. 
development workshops for Polish women living here. And you've also been heavily involved in the organization of the Sin East Festival, the Cinema Festival, since 2011. So tell us about your involvement with so many cultural activities here, which represent the Polish community and much more besides that. Mm. too. Actually, the story, I think, is quite interesting, but maybe typical also for lots of Polish women who arrived to Luxembourg with their husbands. We actually arrived in 2009 because my husband got a job at the EIB. When I came, I had a little baby. My daughter was six months old at that time. And I didn't leave my job in Poland because I was super happy with my job actually in Warsaw. And I arrived here with a plan to stay for two, maximum three years, you know, (laughs) which is quite typical for lots of women. I was trying to find some initiatives to feel that I... I'm still active. I belong somewhere, but I was not necessarily at that stage interested in looking for a job because I thought that I'm coming back very soon. So I have enough time to spend some more time with my daughter, but then we will be back and I will continue my work and my projects in Poland. At the same time, I always lived in a big city and arriving to Luxembourg was a bit of a shock to me. (laughs) So basically me looking for cultural projects and also creating this charity project was more like I want to do something to stay in this hype, let's say, you know, (laughs) dynamics that I had before. Maybe it's a kind of personality that I have that I just need a lot of stimulation. No, I don't think you're the only one. And you'd obviously left your job behind. I think it's quite a common story for for new mothers who feel a little bereft because they've lost their family, they've lost their friends, they've lost their network. And suddenly one can feel quite alone in a new place. Yes. Not necessarily with the languages. And so you then started all of these things. I haven't started to the film festival. No, the power it existed before, yes. So uh, for me, I would say the biggest boost of energy was definitely the Cine East because this is an amazing project that has been organized in Luxembourg since 2008. So this year we will have the 14th edition of the festival and maybe not everyone is aware that it's the second biggest film festival in Luxembourg. In 2019, we had over 11,500 spectators. So it's really a huge audience for Luxembourg. It is a big festival because it lasts almost 18 days every year. It's every October. We already have a date for this year. It's so you're hoping it will happen this year? Absolutely. We know it will happen. <laughs> okay, because, good, good. Uh, That's excellent news. Yes, yes. Last year it happened. Actually, the city of Luxembourg and the Ministry of Culture was really impressed and our sponsors as well because we were probably one of the only because um, well, Corona crisis happened in the middle of the Lux Film Festival. But with the Cine East, we actually decided to organize it despite the circumstances. And we did a hybrid version. So basically what we did is we showed almost half of the films in the cinemas with all the restrictions, with all the, you know, safety measures taken. The other ones were shown in the special platform online. And do you have any figures? Have you any figures? Absolutely. Yes. So the year before we had 11,600 and this year we had 6,500. So basically, I think for these conditions, it's still uh, a big success. And how do you find the films? What 
countries do they represent? Because it's in the east, so yes. it's not just Poland. Yeah, actually, today I got contacted by someone from the UK saying that they would like to show some movies at the Cine East. Oh. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is not possible. <laughs> not quite east film. enough. <laughs> I love the film they send us, but it is not possible. We are showing films, not only feature films, but also documentaries and shorts from 21 Eastern and Central European countries, including really tiny little countries for whom it's a great opportunity to promote their culture, heritage, etc. What's a tiny little country then? So we have Given Moldova. That we're, we're saying that from Luxembourg. <laughs> I can tell you, actually, I have the whole list. So we have included Albania, Bosnia and Herzegovina. We have, of course, Bulgaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Estonia, Georgia, Hungary, Kosovo, Latvia, Lithuania, Moldova, Montenegro, North Macedonia, Poland is probably the biggest one, Romania, Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Ukraine. That's quite, and Belarus as well. What is even more interesting is that it's not all about films. It's a huge project with lots of other events. So we always organize concerts, exhibitions, photo exhibitions. We cooperate closely with MUDAM, where we also organize exhibitions. We invite artists, we invite a lot of film directors, actors, actresses. We organize workshops for film producers together with the Luxembourgish specialists and producers as well. We organize gastronomic events whenever it's possible. And last but not least, this is my baby. This year, it will be the sixth year. Uh, we organized the women's event, which I'm really proud of because it was my initiative. This has been a very big success so far. So each year we choose a topic, which is really a vital topic for this time, let's say. So just to give you an example, we spoke about sexual education. We spoke about solidarity among women. We spoke about breaking your own limitations and walls. And last year we had a very interesting topic about the sexual abuse of women online. So really big, big, big uh, event where uh, we invite special guests, specialists who are experts in this subject. And we always have a film corresponding with the topic. So it's either a documentary or a feature film. And every time it's a big event of four to five hours before Corona times. Afterwards, we had a cocktail with the guests where people could also get involved and discuss with the invited specialists, experts, etc. Well, it's just lovely to hear your energy. You've got so much energy on this subject. As I imbibe this energy for the cultural heritage that you share across all of Central and Eastern Europe, you just once again bring forth the beauty of living in a small city like Luxembourg, where we've all come from different places. And yes, you might initially miss that, but you bring that with you and you bring the thoughts with you. And Luxembourg is a very generous country in that sense. It allows you to open up anything you want to support your community and more besides, and they'll sponsor you with places, spaces and financially as well to make this happen. So it's wonderful. And just to go back to the films then, what languages are they available in? Most of them are shown in English and some of them in French as well. So we learned that the majority of our spectators, they prefer English, but then we also offer some of them in French if possible. 
there is a mix yes. options for all sorts yes. wonderful now Gosha turning to you you've lived in Luxembourg since 2007 you're the CEO and founder of The Office The Office is blooming it's not just one place anymore it's sprouting up all across the city co-working and flexible office spaces which also host events when that's possible and wonderful food always on offer there and a great atmosphere you're a very famous face on the Luxembourg scene to many as a female entrepreneur. So tell us about your journey in Luxembourg as a Polish female, how you've been supported by the Polish community and also Luxembourg itself, why you chose Luxembourg even. I followed uh, my husband. So he oh, got surprised. What an unusual <laughs> story. And I, I think, like, you know, because I, I never asked for this role to be like, uh, I suddenly, from one day to the other, I became like a face of uh, female entrepreneurship in Luxembourg. And I, I, actually, I didn't know why. And then, uh, upon reflection, I was like, okay. Is because I could be everybody's story. I came here to Luxembourg following the husband. I was pregnant at that time. Once my daughter was born, I was looking for a job. I didn't know what to do, so I just sent my CV to agency, which placed me uh, after four days in a bank. I was like, cool, I, I didn't know about banking much, and I was had troubles <laughs> with mathematics, but if, if they want to give me a job, why not? So, so that's how I started like a career in Luxembourg. I get the placement in the customer service uh, where I could learn quickly. And uh, and from this moment, my experience with Luxembourg as a country and mentality started because it was amazing journey, honestly, because uh, first of all, as a woman, I always felt supported and I always felt like if I work hard enough, I have access to all promotions, to all acknowledgement and to all possibilities I, I could dream about. So that was amazing 10 years experience where, where I could grow. And then, you know, as life happens, from one day to the other, I decided to be an entrepreneur. And uh, it was like, literally like that. It was literally like that. OK, I, I spent a few days. Think. <laughs> That's a little unusual. Most it entrepreneurs is. are kind of living in parallel to their working life for a while. I was not like that. I jumped into the deep water like immediately because I was like so taken and fascinated by the idea of creating uh, a workplace where people could be productive and happy. Because that also like when working in the bank, of course, after a while, you notice that there are a group of people that are performing every day at 100%. And there are a group of people that are just hanging there. And I was already then thinking like, it's not possible. This, this world has to change. We cannot just come to the office and sit there for 10 hours or nine hours with lunch break included and not not be productive for all this time. So I was already then I started thinking like the working culture as we know it, it's going to change. So for probably from there, somewhere in the back of my head, the idea was rising. And then, yes, uh, so from one day to the other, I was like, okay, I, I created the, the workplace for all the people that want to work independently. So not to be on the contract uh, with the company, freelancers, startups, uh, all the creative people. So that was the beginning. And from there, the office indeed grew. When I started the business, so I opened a co-working in the garage, in the old renovated garage. And from this moment, it became famous. And I was still there, like, you know, sitting in my garage, cleaning the, the floor, like regretting why I put concrete. It's like on the floor because it's so difficult to clean. And then people would be like, yeah, it's amazing what you have done. And I was like, no, it's, like, it's still a garage with some desk inside. Looking back, I see why 
it was having so much acknowledgement because being fresh in the entrepreneurship, of course, you, you, you don't know the rules. So when I when I started my journey, um, I had no bloody idea what, what it means to be entrepreneur. So what I discovered was that, um, first of all, Luxembourgish administration is extremely supportive. So from Chamber of Commerce to Ministry of Economy, whenever you don't know, you can just give them a call and they will tell you what to do and how to do. And especially when you are a female entrepreneur, and they, they are like, I have the feeling that they would be extra supportive. Being a female entrepreneur, I, I have the feeling that it means like really extra support. So calling back and uh, and making sure that uh, that you are doing everything correctly. And, and the second uh, group of support that I received uh, unexpectedly, it was from the other Polish community. So, for example, like Artur Sosna, who is also running a female entrepreneurship project. He was working for Polish Luxembourgish Chamber of Commerce. On, on the day of my opening of the office, he, he gave me so much visibility that uh, absolutely unexpectedly and, uh, and, and, and in very kind, nice words. So I was like immediately introduced to some of, I don't know, 12,000 of his contacts mm-hmm. <laughs> from one day to the other. And uh, that, that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So you've had the great support of both Luxembourg and the Polish community. That's right. And you hit upon an idea that perhaps hadn't hit Luxembourg at the pace that flexible working may have hit cities like Berlin or London. Mm-hmm. So it really is a thing. And now with COVID times, it's yeah. maybe even a bigger thing or will become a bigger thing. So two yeah. questions really. How was your business hit through COVID times when people mm-hmm. were then choosing to work from home? And secondly, how do you think the work is changing as we come out of COVID? Two very good questions, because um, for the office, COVID was actually, we didn't feel it that much in um, impacting our everyday work. Why? Because uh, my clientele, my members, the office members are used to work in the hybrid so they you, they normally work partially from home, partially from the office, and sometimes from the client's offices when if they act as a consultant. So for us, it was like supernatural process to, to switch activities to the digital. In addition, for some of, uh, of my, my members, COVID was the situation when they can could really boost the business because my members are present mainly in the digital sector. So for the digital sector, it was the moment when the world discovered that we need more digital solutions. So for them, it was it meant more work. So that meant that they had to come to the office. So of course, in the space planning, we had to put the distance and rules and we tried to apply whatever guidance were available. And at the beginning, I could see that people were afraid to come. Then they would notice that they could not any longer work from home. So they kind of didn't have a choice like uh, to, to keep productivity level with the increasing amount of the uh, demand for the services. They they were present more and more. So that's that's why we fortunately at the time we already had a thousand square meters of, of the co-working and we opened another one. So we actually grew the co-working area to 6000 square meters. Mm-hmm. And this enables us to really put the people, pr- create a private places, semi-private places, uh, put the people in the large distance uh, to themselves, uh, have enough bathrooms to, to, to use them safely. So, so we were lucky that we were already on this project before COVID happened. Then I had a heart attack when it happened. And, and I was like, okay, how, how am I going to finish this project? And for me, like COVID kind of experience help uh, both investors and the clients realize that they would need flexible office space very soon. 
So mm-hmm. this enabled me to finish the project. That's wonderful because it can't have been an easy time. The only thing I think about, the one negative that I can think about is that being an independent or freelancer Mm -hmm. in Luxembourg, which I know quite a lot about, um, the system tax-wise is not set up to our benefit. No, no, it's it's horrible. (laughs) 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 Well, Lisa, yes, it it is not. And I think uh, here, if if I can mention, because there were various initiatives to change it, I think like Luxembourg is a little bit slow on adapting to uh, freelance work that, that I see that, especially right now, this is something that is not appearing in the statistics yet. So there are not numerous people that lost their jobs in the recent uh, months. And certain percentage of these people decided to actually switch to independent, to use this occasion to, to actually do not seek for a job, but open independent activities. So I see it from the first front, but the first question that arises from them is like, what are we going to do if there is yet another lockdown and if the tax issues are not resolved? I'm just saying, you know, you have to make more money. It's <laughs> yeah. So just parking that, but just just making it loud, just in case anybody from yes. a ministry is listening. Yes. The tax situation for freelancers and independents is not, Mr. Minister. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as nice as other parts of living in Luxembourg. Let's say. Anyhow, moving on to all of you in general, back to the Polish community. How has it grown in your time here? What have you observed? How has it grown? Have people gone back to live in Poland? What's the flux like? Everybody's looking at me, so I start. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, looking at me because uh, community is part, also part of the office DNA. So, so I, I naturally operate with thin communities and I build communities and uh, keep it connected. So when I arrived to Luxembourg, it was 12, 13 years ago, the Polish community was indeed, um, it, it was there. But it was not strongly connected. So during the, the the course of the time of the last 10 years, also by using social media, we learn how to connect better. So we have Facebook groups, uh, we have uh, we're connected via Instagram, so we can find each other. But uh, what, what I'm seeing, it's uh, first of all, like... Um, Especially in the la- from the ladies' side, side, it's uh, it's enormously supportive, like really keeping the fingers crossed for each other, uh, promoting, uh, recommending, and uh, being happy. Like you know, like when, when you have those like a few hundreds of ladies being together, and one is happy for the other to to achieve something. Like we were having recently a beautiful story of um, Evelina Cardozo opening a second Polish shop. We were enormously happy for her. And so proud that we have two Polish shops right now in Luxembourg and the market is growing for Polish products. For, for she has opened recently the Polish restaurant as and well. And Polish well. restaurant. Yes. So. It's, it's fabulous. It's, um, so we are seeing each other actually there in her restaurant, in her in, in her shops, but also we stay connected online in, like, you know, on the little matters, like where to find something, uh, manicure, hairdresser, dentist, uh, like uh, we always know who... Yeah. Uh, that's true because, excuse me uh, to interrupt you, but <laughs> I was in Brussels, as you already mentioned, uh, Lisa, I was in Brussels, Montreal and Lille. And what I can absolutely say about Polish community in Luxembourg, that this community is incredibly diverse, yeah. incredibly yeah. diverse. So and we have artists, 
singers, sculptors, painters, we have tattoo artists, we have entrepreneurs, activists, uh, kitchen chef, pastry cook, I even chess <laughs> masters. We have a lot of organizations, around 10, I think, and they have totally different missions as well. So we have a women organization, we have LPCC already mentioned, Luxembourg Polish Chamber of Commerce. We have the Polish Catholic Church, uh, Polish folk dance group, Polish book club, even <laughs> charity organization, ra Polish raising money, Polish, absolutely, Polish, Polish Parents, exactly. They run Polish crash every Saturday. So this is their private initiative, uh, the initiative of uh, this uh, organization. So this is one thing. And they are really active because one thing is they, we have 10 organizations here. It's okay. But the point is that they are incredibly active. They make a lot of interesting projects, not only by promoting Poland, but educational projects. We are really, there's mm -hmm. a real partnership. I feel it as a representative of the embassy that we have a real partnership between embassy and Polish community here. And I must say that this is something that 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 is really exceptional here. And that community has this woman face because uh, recently we have launched a project of website about polls in Luxembourg. Till now we have there 24, 25 inspiring people and all initiative I've just mentioned. And then I realized that 90% are women. <laughs> I was really <laughs> proud of that. that. And someone asked me whether I choose that way, those person uh, that appears on this website I say no it just it's happened. just it happened is, it just happened i if it's i might just add something because i find the polish community here community here very exceptional i think it also comes from the fact that lots of people who arrived um, they also came to work for the european institutions but not only but um, there are lots of places where we meet and where we can connect, where we can exchange. And it's very inspiring, I must say. Of course, like COVID is setting certain limits. Uh, but as Pia mentioned before, there is a Polish crash. There is a Polish school. We just mentioned Sina East, but there are many other cultural projects going on. There is a festival of Polish culture and there are Polish theater days that happen here since 2011. Um, there are many concerts. You know, we have a Polish composer living in Luxembourg. We meet regularly and this exchange of energy, actually living in Luxembourg for 12 years, I can tell that I don't feel disconnected from the Polish culture at all. Because there's so much going on here that I feel a part of it. That's really lovely. So this is something which we mm -hmm. don't need to miss, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the culture is here. And something for both you and Gosha, you've raised your children here. Yes. And so many people raise their children here mm -hmm. and try to give their own cultural background to their children. And so returning to the point of the school, the Polish school, which is supported by the Polish government, but the kindergarten is run entirely by parents. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, I mean, we support as a 
Poland, I would say, as the embassy, we support and we make a lot of projects with uh, Polish crash because they are private. So that's why there are some projects aside. But as you mentioned, Lisa, the school is uh, a government uh, initiative and it's only Saturday school, like a crash. It's not, it doesn't work on uh, on everyday basis because those children go to regular school in Luxembourg, but to still be connected with language, to, to learn how to read, how to write, they are quite courageous to go to the school on Saturdays mm-hmm. every week. So, uh, so this is uh, the initiative of Polish government. So we have around... Um, around the world, something like 30 or 40 schools like that. But we appreciate a lot that there is this private initiatives because we as a government, we can't reach every place where Poles are. So uh, here in school, I think we have around 200 pupils. Yes, yes and we shouldn't forget also the Polish section of the European school because Indeed. that's yeah. another story, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I don't know, what do you know the figures of people there? There's around sure. 2,000 as well, around 2,000 pupils. Mm-hmm. And in Polish crash, there's the limited list of 60, uh, 60 children. Unfortunately, there's waiting list every year, but we, we, we must be limited to the 60, mm-hmm. 60 children because of the, the, of the locations and mm-hmm. all restrictions. But the wonderful thing about all of this is that for any families who may return, they have given their children the chance to integrate back into life in Poland even though it would be tough, I'm quite sure, with languages and differences in education, but at least with a base. Absolutely. And the kids can even dance in a Polish folk band if they like, you know. <laughs> well, particularly if they're your children, I'm sure. <laughs> Every night they'll be up to something cultural. But you touched on something as well, all of you really, in that when you move country, it gives you an opportunity to start again, if you have the courage to start again. And very often it does fall to the woman if they're coming as a couple and it's the the male who has the job to start again. And all of you have described in different ways how you've been supported by both the Polish community and the Luxembourg government or Luxembourg communities or the country as a whole. And so just coming full circle then, if you want to leave our listeners with a thought about the Polish community or just community making in general or joining a community, what would you say to our listeners? Come to us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Polish community welcomes anybody. The Polish community welcomes uh, everybody. So, for example, uh, we also have uh, run by uh, LPCC a project for entrepreneurial women. Uh, so it's created by a Polish Chamber of Commerce, but it's uh, it's for everybody. I just want an example. Funnily enough, that yeah. was one of the first podcasts I ever did with oh, Arthur see? Sosna. Ah, okay, because it's a <laughs> yes. fantastic project. So I, I used to host it at the office. So uh, that, that's my way to also support uh, this kind of initiative. So I host uh, the trainings at the office. And uh, of course, it's uh, addressed to everybody, not only Polish women. So then we see like really those communities uh, very effortlessly uh, mingling with each other and learning from from each other and those ladies putting first step, steps in the business and and keeping in touch and uh, and actually it doesn't matter when, where are you from 
to to have the sense of belonging i think it's uh, it's very important just simply to overcome yourself and to start knocking to those doors that uh, that interest you because we are all people and we you know we all have and i think especially in luxembourg we we are open hearted people and uh, that's the biggest beauty if you um if you feel that you can be this this person to uh without any judgment or come to somebody and and say i i want to be part of your community being it uh, you know the co-working place or the facebook group or uh, whichever place you would like to book club for credence club everybody would welcome you okay in the book club there's italian italian uh, girl orietta <laughs> she's exactly. so and exactly apparently exactly uh, exactly scottish husband she's italian and for a moment i'm not sure if if still but she was a vice president of of this book club and she speaks polish she speaks polish that's mm-hmm. true but she's italian Mm-hmm. And so this is the the, the proof <laughs> that It everyone can, can join us. I mean, of course, some organizations are limited to Polish language. So sometimes mm-hmm. you need to know Polish yes. language. But there's a lot of initiatives that it doesn't require this knowledge. As I mentioned, Sinaist is 21 countries. So yes. everyone is welcomed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And not only, I mean, we mentioned the countries from, from, from which we show the films, but actually everyone is welcomed to uh, come to the festival, no matter where you come from. So also to taste Polish food, you know, to not only Polish uh, Central European and Eastern European. So amazing specialities from mm-hmm. our regions. Uh, so everyone is welcomed in October 2021. Uh, there will be for sure lots of events happening. And as you know, before I remember before I came to Luxembourg uh, and I was... I wasn't really ready to 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 move from Poland with a little baby. And then somebody came to me and said, you know, This is an opportunity because you can create yourself, not from the scratch because you are who you are, but actually you can create your future being more mindful because you're an adult now, you're not a child. You can kind of, you know, reshape your life. And I think there is something in it that, you know, we all arrived here with the carte blanche, we can say, and then it's up, it's it's all on our shoulders, how we want to shape it, how we want to. And then I think it's great that we all ended up here with all the support and all this uh, great community around us. And I think, uh, I hope that everybody feels this way. <laughs> and What great if- people in Polish embassy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That we want to keep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sadly, the thing about all all consuls and ambassadors is that they have to move on every yes. few years. Sounds as though you're going to be dearly missed when you move on quite soon. Pia. Oh yeah, I'm going to miss Pia. <laughs> Ladies, thank you all so much for your time and we're just so happy to celebrate the Polish community here at RTL Today because RTL Today is this umbrella of many communities coming together with the connection of speaking to one another in the English language but all with our own idiosyncrasies, all with our own little stories coming here to make fresh starts, as you say, to try to just keep life going and make new friendships, develop new links and learn more about all of the wonderful wonderful cultures that come into our paths. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Lisa. you Lisa. Thank, Thank you for, for inviting me.